February 6th, February, February. How do you say it? Do you know, Taylor? February. February, February. February. Uh, yeah, February 6th, despite the pronunciation, is uh, at Crying Wolf with Emma Holden Trio. So come see us play. I'll be smanging on the bass, the P bass with the flat wounds. And uh, we got something special planned. We got a new mashup that we're doing, a new new song cover tune. So c- come check that out. What else? What else do we got going? You got anything coming up? We got some cool stuff with uh, with Josh Norfleet. We're going to be working on some stuff. A lot of recordings going on lately. A lot of recordings. Okay, where's it? Where's that at? That's back in WV. It's back in WV. It's at a lodge for a Valentine's dance type thing for old people. How old are we talking? Forties to above. That's not too old. Well, it's like there might be forty-year-olds there, but it's more sixties. Nice. You get to play good music then. Yeah, that is true. Um, you can find me on. Instagram, the underscore poptimist. If you're so inclined to uh, to Instagram and things of that nature, find me on Facebook. I'm I'm trying to do some work on Facebook, uh, the Poptimist Podcast. You can search for it on there. Uh, what other shit do we got, Taylor? Is there the SoundCloud? Yes, the Poptimist is on the SoundCloud. There's also Twitter, the underscore poptimist. Poptimist, um, or maybe it's just Dub Optimist, something like that. Just search Poptimist, you'll be able to find the logo. And uh, I think that's really it. We did a good episode today with Connor. We talked about all kinds of fun stuff. We talked about Kobe Bryant, RIP, very sad news. But other than that, yeah, enjoy this episode. <laughs> Welcome to the Poptimist. Today we, we have Connor Fersner. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, man. Thank you for coming on. Oh, um, it's an honor. We met what summertime? It was about a year ago, right to this day. Yeah, okay, actually. and you yeah. have a pretty good memory of it. A quite a vivid memory. It's hard to get out of my mind. Uh, how did we meet? Can you can you lay it out? Oh yeah, I can. I can recount it, baby, uh, from the top of my head. So we met. I was Carlos at the time. And I called an Uber at about 5 a.m. in the morning because I needed to go to my buddy's house who was going to drive me to Cookville to talk to my lawyer when he got into his office at 8 a.m. Uh, got into a little bit of a conundrum on my way home for Christmas, home for the holidays, you know? Yeah, okay. It's coming yeah. back to me Absolutely, now. yeah. So uh, there was a really crummy freeform ABC movie called Holiday in Handcuffs, and that's what happened to me over Christmas time. I was uh, headed home to Charleston for the holiday season, and I got ran off the road, and I called the cops for help, and unbeknownst to me was driving on a suspended license because I had not paid a rolling stop ticket. That ever oh, happened to you? Oh, shit. No, yeah, that's A rolling fucked stop up. ticket, baby. Yeah. Dude, that's that's super fucked up. Yeah. I, um, I remember I had a suspended license... 
uh, in Maine. That's where I'm from. And I can't even remember what it was for. It was, it was probably something like I didn't have, I got pulled over. I didn't have my insurance with me at the yeah. time. It's never something huge deal, no, you know? Yeah. It's no, just something it's just, you forget about. Exactly. It's just a way for the, the freaking government to rake us over the coals. And oh, absolutely. Try and get more money from us. Raking over the coals at Christmas time. Yeah, too, that's cold-blooded, you know? dude. Very cold-blooded. Scrooge. And Scrooge indeed, but it's crazy because I got fucked by the prices, right? The sheriff that arrested me, his name was Officer Bobby Barker. I oh, shit. Not. Shit you not. His officer was Bobby Barker. So what's behind cell block number nine? That's that's fucked, dude. So what ended up happening? Were you able to get everything all cleared Everything's up? Everything's cleared up all because of your fantastic driving me to my friend's house in the yes. morning, you know. You really played a to major Brentwood, role. Yes, right? to Brentwood, yes. yes. And I actually moved into that apartment. Now that's where I live currently. Oh, shit, okay. Which uh, kind of sucks, you know. I, I miss being on the east side, but yeah. uh, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Yeah, man, definitely. Yeah. Um. So you're, you're a musician. You play guitar, right? I do, yes. I play guitar and bass, you know, whatever is required of me. But uh-huh. guitar is the preferred for sure. Yeah. You play you played or play bass in the Sundays the ice cream treat? Yes, yes. I uh, I, I lend my uh, my fingers to the bass for him. Uh and uh Max, the mastermind behind the Sundays project is yeah. also my producer and guitar player for the Wild Squash project. Okay. So, yeah, it's a nice little incestual thing we've got going on. You yeah. know, we only play with each other. Yeah. I, I but it's a lot more fun than playing with yourself, you know. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's one of the great things I think about Nashville, once you kind of find your scene or the people that you play with or your, even just your, your friends. Yeah. You figure out where you fit and it doesn't feel so lonely because it can feel so lonely when you first get here. Yeah. You don't really no know anybody. Nobody wants to play with you yet. Exactly, especially if you move down like by yourself, like without a set up group, you know. Like mm-hmm. I was sort of lucky; I had a couple guys from high school that one went to Belmont, the other went to Watkins College. So through those different places, I was able to sort of find a community pretty like a lot faster. I mm-hmm. would say, and I'm very thankful for that, and to have had those people and those introducers. Yeah, what was Belmont like? Ah, I didn't love it, man. I, really? I didn't really love it. Uh, I will say I'm grateful for some of the things I've gotten from it, but I don't think my crew of people necessarily came from Belmont. I think it came from Nashville people. Like, yeah. I will say uh, Luke Fedorko, uh, he went to Watkins his freshman year. He introduced me to Micah Mathewson, and from there I met just my entire crew of people who I'm very close with today mm-hmm. and, like, it's really nice to have those groups, but Belmont never gave me a huge community. I, my roommate, I live with him and love him, but I can count on one hand like the amount of people from Belmont that have really stayed important in my life. You know? Yeah, yeah. It seems like a an interesting scene because I feel like Belmont is almost like its its own scene. Definitely, yeah. And uh, I don't know something about this scene with Belmont seems to be maybe changing or getting a little more interesting, like. I know uh, there's this guy, Lava Goals. Do you know him? No. He's really sick, but he's like a junior at Belmont, and he does a lot of, you know, grooves and just really good vibe music, and he's really sick. He's a DJ, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know 
if he's a DJ or just a synth guy or yeah. but he's very impressive and uh yeah, I know he's still flashing in the pan at Belmont and he's still really young and he's from what I've heard from him, the scene seems to be growing in a cool direction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When I was there I you know, did you go to Belmont? No, no, I okay. um, I have a, a teacher, my bass teacher teaches there, Roy Voigt. Okay, nice. So I, I've been to Belmont a ton. Yeah, you've because, been around. Yeah, because I, I take lessons with them. So yeah. it's it's always like I'm coming in, there's like Belmont kids going yeah. out from their you can classes. See, what, what do you what do you gleam from them? What do you think when you see them? Like, well, can it's you like, catch vibes? It's, it's a mixed bag because I know some Belmont kids who are really cool. Mm-hmm. And then I know some Belmont kids who are not. Yeah, really cool. Exactly. You know, it's like, it's it's like with anything. There's a good though. mix of both. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's gonna be good people and bad people on both sides. You know. Yeah, yeah, but it seems like the uh, to to a certain degree, it's there's like a music industry pedigree, and I think like some of the kids that go there, they they feel like they they're able to be like, I go to Belmont. Exactly. You know no I mean? doubt. When really, oh. So you can afford $50,000 a year. Exactly. Which, not to say I'm not grateful that I was able to do that myself, not to remove myself from that, you know, because still I have a hefty amount of money that I owe them. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. But I do have that pedigree of Belmont music education, you know, and and now I'm a server, you know, like (laughs) after I went through the gauntlet at Belmont to get a music business degree, I work at the corner pub, you know, rock and roll, serving. Nice, cool. It's great. I mean, it's pretty cool. I can make big money really fast and do the music thing pretty flexibly. Yeah. 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 I, I, it's always funny to kind of like be earning your stripes doing music it's it's an idea that i it's constantly kind of changing in my head as far as what i consider myself to be or what i want to do exactly yeah it's always growing and evolving um (coughs) and working jobs and all that shit you know it's like uh, today i was thinking like jesus how long am i gonna have to work a fucking job yeah how long is this period of it? Yeah. So, yeah. When do I get my just desserts? You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I don't even feel a certain type of way about working because I don't mind working. It's just, I want a little bit of freedom to where I'm not stressing every single fucking month about like, yeah. because it's, it's like half the work you end up doing every month is going to be free just because you, A, you love doing it and B, it's, that's just the way it is when exactly. you're starting out. Yeah. And I, I like to tell people out. I got in the music business for the money, you know. I got into playing shows in East Nashville because it's the best way to make money, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Absolutely. But there's there's no a great artistic scene. integrity at all. Oh, yeah. there's a phenomenal scene. Like mm-hmm. we are super lucky. There's mm-hmm. so many cool bands here that I love to be like and that I love to be a- around. You know. We were talking before we started up about the Weird Sisters. Yes. Have you been to one of their parties? I have not been to a Weird Sisters party, dude. The Weird Sisters are a bunch of freaks, dude. Yeah. I they're, love it. They're very good <laughs> friends of mine. Uh, they were actually some of the first musicians I kind of got close with in Nashville. Um, I went to a show at uh, Exit In, which we were Exit also In. talking Hell about. yes, we were. Um, and I met uh, I met them uh, at a Bad, Bad, Not Good show. Very cool. And love them. Yeah, they're really yeah. good. Isaac, I think one of the episodes I've listened to you on, you talked about Bad Bad Not Good. Yeah, they're a great yeah. band, man. Yeah. Um, 
but when I, I met Isaac and Gabby, um, I, at the time I was uh, getting ready to do a recording session and I wanted them to be a part of it. Yeah. We recorded over at Blackbird. That okay. was my first recording session in Nashville. Love it. Blackbird. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> That's a pedigree right there. Yeah, yeah. no, dude. I was, I was very lucky to be able to record there. Um, but I remember meeting Isaac and he, uh, he told me he left his keys in his other space suit. Oh wow! Because that day he had um he had tried on some spacesuit at a store, a NASA suit, and left his keys in the pocket. Oh no! And my I've had a friendship <laughs> with the Weird Sisters ever since. That's a great opening line. Yeah, <laughs> my other spacesuit. Yeah, I've uh been been fortunate to be on a show with them. Oh, Sundays and Weird Sisters played a show, and uh, very much looking forward. Uh, I also play guitar with a band called Shoe. It, uh, it's fucking awesome, man. Chase Lloyd, you rock. Shots of fireball all around, but uh, we're playing in Clarksville February eighth. Okay, with uh, nice. Weird Sisters and uh, Quiet Oaks as well. I don't know if you know them, but uh, no, no, hell of a great rock and roll band, man. Nice. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the Weird Sisters at Spewfest last year. I don't know if they did last year. I can't remember. I can't remember either. That's I, always a really cool East Nashville institution. Though. I know that they have another one coming up soon, right? Is yeah, yeah. February maybe or yeah, March? Yeah, fe- usually February, I think. Yeah. I think it's like the fourth or fifth one. They've been doing it for yeah, a while. Yeah, they've been doing yeah. it for a minute. They've Super been pretty sick. dedicated to Cold it. Cold Lunch Recordings, man. Mm-hmm. Very cool thing out of, out of East Nashville. They were on the podcast. Hell yeah. Yeah. She talked to Taylor as well? Um, uh, Which Taylor are you talking about? Uh, Taylor Cole, yeah, Taylor Cole, yeah, he's yeah. he's been on. Um, I had Caroline on, Caroline nice. and maybe Gary. I think that's Heck yeah. his name. Yeah, but yeah, what they're doing is really cool. I respect yeah. them a lot, man. They're yeah. they're really great supporters of the scene and all that good stuff. Absolutely, so. I love that, man. Yeah. So you were talking about work. What do you what do you do when you're not ripping the jams and doing the podcast, man? <sighs> well, it's I work at a radio station and I do Uber and Lyft. Love it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, with those things, though, I have a lot of freedom. Like, I got to a certain point where I just knew that I needed freedom in my life and no longer to have, like, a, a job job where I was showing up and, like, working in an office because I always had sales jobs before yeah. I did this. Um, and I just knew it wasn't right for me anymore. Yeah. I, had to, I had to figure something out to where if I woke up in the morning, like, I have shift scheduled at the radio station, but if I wake up and I just want to practice or I just want to go to breakfast and yeah. not do anything that day... Um, it's just like hang out and live my own life. It took a long time to get to that point to like build that kind of life. Absolutely. And obviously you're up at 5am, you're driving Uber, you're driving kids like me to go to their court Court dates. dates, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's honestly been really interesting driving for Uber and Lyft. Yeah. Like, like I've probably given close to 5,000 rides now or something like that. Season fit. Mm hmm. And, um, what I've learned is for the most part, people are pretty cool. Yeah. People are cool. There's only been five or six times where there's been like a bad or weird ride. Yeah. One time I picked up this guy who was a pimp at Mickey's, like a literal pimp. An actual pimp. An actual pimp. He tried to sell me uh, a pound of mushrooms. Wow. I took him. Take him up on it. No, I didn't take him (laughs) up on it. Um, But yeah, he. uh, We stopped. He's like, I need to grab some beers. Can we stop at this uh, gas station real quick? So we stopped. And this lady keeps coming up to my window who is in a wig. She was a lady of the night. A lady of the night. A lady of the night. Wow. And <laughs> um, 
she was saying, oh, you're so cute. Can we swap numbers? Stuff like that. Clearly a prostitute. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I was like, no. I and mean, only a prostitute could be interested in you. Yes. Like- <laughs> um, and then she gets in the car with the guy. Oh, no. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and then I dropped him off. It was right around the corner. It was like two seconds away. Yeah. And he, um, she gets out, goes inside. He stays out to talk to me for a second. And he said, I got to take her to church and get her some vegetables and she'll be all good in the morning, dude. It was fucked up, bro. She was like scratching, you know, cause she was Damn. all cracked out or something. Wow. That was probably the weirdest ride I, I've had. I took, yeah. a, I took a guy That's to exciting. rehab once too. Damn. Empowering. Yeah. It was dark, dude. He was, uh, yeah. he was super drunk. I picked him up in Brentwood um, at that shell station right off the highway. Yeah, I know exactly the one off of Harding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was blindly freaking drunk. His brother had ordered him a uh, lift from Colorado. Whoa. Um, he gets in my car and he says, uh, someone just stole my car. Whoa. And he's like, I can't call the cops because I was drunk driving. Damn. And my brother's making me go to rehab. Wow. So it was That's pouring a down situation. rain. Yeah. Um, it was pouring down rain. And I drove him all the way out to Cumberland Heights, which in the wow. rain, it was like an hour away with the yeah. rain. And then we get there. He refuses to go in. He mm-hmm. doesn't want to go in. He doesn't want to go to this rehab. He wants to go to another one in Franklin. Damn. So This one's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was just like, I don't want to be here for 30 days. I want to go for yeah. seven days. And um, he was just talking to me, man. And... Uh, you know, it's nice to just feel like you can help people out sometimes yeah, and be absolutely. a human being. Yeah. Because I didn't really have empathy before. That was the, yeah. Like empathy is something that I really learned how to have the past two or three years. It was not yeah. in my emotional toolbox. I'm dealing with 5,000 different human encounters. I'm sure you'll learn something like that. <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> that's kind of that's funny. Yeah, to think of it that way. Um, most of the time, people are just so excited to be in Nashville, though. Yeah. Got a lot of tourists. A lot of tourists. Yeah, I'm very grateful for the tourists. There's a lot of people Absolutely. who don't like them, but they yeah. give me a job. Absolutely, that no people doubt who need court dates. You go down go court dates. Yeah, and rehab. <laughs> yeah, rehab court dates, rehab and tourists, and prostitutes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really colorful thing. I yeah. think if I ever stop driving, I'll honestly really miss it a lot. Yeah, just got to do it. Yeah. How great would it be to like tour as an Uber driver, you know, like you bring people along that are going to your next city of touring, you know, and just like, I think that's called hitchhiking actually. It's, but. it's, it's called <laughs> hitchhiking, but maybe if, uh, if Uber and Lyft slide me some cash and want to do a, yeah. a, a paid sponsorship, I'd be open to it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll That'd see be, where it goes. That'd be too bad. East Nashville tour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said you have a recording coming out with the band Shoe, is that right? Uh, Case Wooten in the Mail and Reading. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. I got all those projects, I can't even keep up with them yes. myself, you know? But uh, yeah, uh, so in August, Case, uh, me, Case, and his brother Brody, who are the three main ones of the group, and we sort of have a rotating rhythm section because. Can't get any of them to stick around long enough. I don't know if we suck or what the what the word is, but uh, <laughs> that's just Nashville, dude. It's just Nashville, you know. Everyone's got their own stuff, but uh, yeah, we went in with uh, this guy Marcus at uh, Mind Flight Records, and uh, in 
five days did 12 songs, which it's a hell of a marathon experience, I would say, for sure. And that's actually the weekend I quit smoking, because uh, I woke up like the third day we were there, and I was supposed to do background vocals that day, and just like my throat felt like it was just closed up. I'm like, all right. I, I can't do this anymore. You know. So it's you like, were just chain-smoking hand-rolled cigarettes, you said? Yeah, hand-rolled. So I was a big fan of the Danish export. And that, was my, that was my guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Very safe and comforting, cushy, lovely. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was all right at them. I never got as good as I felt I deserved to be for how long I had the habit, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I was always like, you know, I've been rolling these for like two years and this still really isn't that good yeah. of a cigarette roll. But uh, no, it was it was a blast. It was stressful, but it was mostly fun, I would say. We had a lot of time experimenting with stuff in the studio and figuring out it's hard to sort of experiment in just five days for 12 songs, you know? Yeah, I had definitely. to have a big deadline, got to get shit done. But uh I think we pushed through, and uh, we've decided we're going to do a release every month this year. Smart, dude. Yeah, I love hearing shit like that. A little that. single a month, you know, keep you going, because, you know, albums and stuff in our playlist generation, you know, people are only looking for the single. So we got 12 singles, baby. Yeah, yeah absolutely, nice. that you can add to all your playlists. Uh, but the first one came out on the 3rd of January. It's called Ebb and Flow. Not very we, nice. Yeah, cool. and we bought uh, sailor outfits to play in our first show after that, which was a hell of a good time. Looked very good. Uh, looked like a gay porn come to life for sure. <laughs> it was a blast. And uh, yeah, the next song is coming out on Valentine's Day, and it's called Leaving Two. Very nice. Yeah. Where can people find that at? Is it on all the major? All the major streaming stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's on, yeah, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, maybe, Amazon Music, all the things, I would believe. Yes. Yeah. But uh, another thing, uh, Sundays that we talked about, he's got his project coming out. I think the the Banana Tapes people, do you know them? No. They're very cool, uh, great, great people, great bands, and uh, they, yeah, they've been doing a lot of tape pressing in Nashville, and so... They're doing an eight-song tape press for Sundays, and uh, yeah, it's coming out pretty soon. I'm not. I know the release show is the 31st, and the tapes are coming out then. Of January. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Where are you guys playing at? It's at the Banana Tapes house. Okay. Yeah. So DM for address. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, so right now this current incarnation of the band for him uh is really what he calls sexy disco. He's got the tracks playing behind him and he sings them and I play bass on some of the recorded stuff. And, uh, so I'm not in the live band currently, but, uh, I am going to be coming up. We recorded a new version of one of the singles that's already out called boyfriend. And, uh, yeah, he's got this dope dude on steel guitar and I played bass on it. So we're going to jump up and do that one live for sure. What kind of bass do you play? Whatever ones I can borrow. <laughs> oh, spoken like a true guitar player. I've spoken like a true guitar player, and I, I absolutely play the bass like a guitar player. Really? But uh, I have a blast doing it, man. I really have enjoyed it. Uh, I actually do have a bass back home. Uh, my aunt got me an, a bass for graduation from college, but she's... 
I love her to death, but she's a very stubborn lady, and she won't give it to me unless I physically go to her house when I'm back home and pick it up from there. Like, she won't bring it to my house when I'm there, which I understand, you know, it's very sweet of her to get the base, but just since I've graduated, every time I'm back home, it's for 48 hours, and there's only so much I can do in that time span, you know, and so I have a base waiting for me that I believe is... A, a nice one. What I, kind of base is it? I don't know. You don't. It's a no, surprise. It's a surprise. Yeah, I'm waiting. Oh yeah. shit, dude. Maybe if I knew what kind, I'd be like rushing a little harder. But still, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm working on it. It'll get there. It'll be in my possession at some point. Where are you from? Charleston, South Carolina. Oh shit! I I hear that city's starting to like really rise a lot. It's beautiful, man. Yeah, and definitely rising is a key word the water level is rising taking the city away and also the buildings are rising up because so many goddamn people are moving there what is the main industry there is it like uh finance or um tech do you know wow that's a good question uh (laughs) i don't know we're it's a huge foodie city like restaurants amok like so many restaurants like i don't know if you know husk here yeah yeah so the guy that originally is a charleston thing the guy yeah sean brock uh is the chef mastermind behind that he since sold all his steak in it i believe uh and he's opened up a new restaurant in east nashville but yeah he comes from charleston and he he helped i i I'd say he definitely spearheaded it being a big foodie city. Like it's huge on bars and food and honestly a big tourism factor now. Like, yeah, I would imagine it's a pretty big, um, tourist place in the summertime. Definitely. It's way too damn hot though. Yeah. Hotter than Nashville. Oh yeah, man. And it's that extra humidity. Like people are always saying Nashville is so humid. I'm like, oh my God, you haven't even, Charleston's right by the ocean, man. Like you get outside, you feel like you just had a shower, but not in a good way. Like you are so. sweat shower. Sweat shower. Yeah. What was it like growing up there? Man, I loved it, dude. I am super thankful to be from there. And every time I go back there, it is just so nice. Like. It's still weird for me being in a landlocked state. I love the beach. The beach is my home. Uh, always try to get out to there when I am back home. But also did a lot of the Charleston ritzier stuff. You know, like I've played tennis and played golf. Uh, love it. Uh, I've been trying to get back into tennis. Me and Max have been, from Sundays have been talking about how we're going to get back into it. But it's a good sport. Golf's a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What was the music scene like there? So, when I was growing up, it sort of just started to get going, you know? Uh, Like, it now is bigger than it's ever been, and I think there's a lot of great acts to contribute to that, namely uh, Susto and Hey Rocco. And uh, they're two bands that love to death, but I saw Hey Rocco for the first time when I was in high school. Because, honestly... I didn't really get great music taste or any great musical realm about me. Like, I played guitar when I was in elementary school, but didn't really get into cool things until, like, towards the end of college, probably. Yeah. I, not towards the end of college, towards the end of high school there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember my freshman year, I saw Hey Rocco open up for a band called The Makeshift back then, and they were really cool. Uh, 
this place called the Music Farm. And that was the first really cool show I ever went to. Because other than that, I'd listen to pretty much like, not to say they're bad or to discredit them, but like just a lot of classic rock at the time, like whatever my dad would show me. I was sure. into like Guns N' Roses, ACDC. Nice. And like love them to death still. Like, but wasn't more interested in sceney things until later, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Susto came out. Or not came out, but I started hearing them probably around my junior year. And Hey Rocco now is out in L.A. and they're doing stuff out there. And big fan of them. I actually got to play with them uh, in December with Shoe and Hard at a Hard's Christmas party. They came through town on tour. Reality Something was on tour with them. And uh, Susto has since been doing some big things. They Their latest album they just recorded with Ian Fitchuk, who co-wrote and co-produced golden hour with casey Musk. yeah so, i was just gonna say yeah yeah that, that's... So pretty big name and uh i i think they definitely have to do with a lot of credit of the music scene they're growing also shovels and rope i don't know if you know them yeah they're like a duo right yeah they're a husband and wife duo and they've always been really cool and they actually are the ones that organize the only music festival that charleston has now which is called high water music festival and the that's appropriately re- named. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Oh man, I'm always scared that you know, 20 years from now, my hometown's gonna be washed Swallowed away by, with the yeah, the sw- ocean. taken back to the oceans. But then I get to go back and vacation to Atlantis, you know. So yeah, vacation cool. in Atlantis. Exactly. You gotta look on the bright side of everything. Yeah, man. It's it's crazy to kind of see a lot of the the events that have been happening, like weather wise yeah really the past 10 or so years because it, it seems like Not, shit like that didn't happen when we were kids yeah it I, happened, I was i was living in charleston and now every year i see there's a huge headline for a huge hurricane coming through charleston you mm-hmm. know like i remember probably three when i was growing up and that's being generous you know like yeah now it's every for, year exactly now it's every year there was just a thing, um, I think out today, there was like a tsunami watch in um, like Jamaica, Cuba, and a couple other places in the Caribbean. Wow. Because they just got hit with an earthquake. Damn. And then like the Australian fires happened. Dude, all this shit's dude. biblical as oh, fuck, dude. It's biblical as fuck, dude. <laughs> we got to start taking care of the planet, dude. That is a definite must. I, I felt really good. I've been shopping at Trader Joe's and I go in and I bring my you know, reusable bags that I feel really good about. Yesterday I went to CVS and I put my re- re- reusable bag on the table. Not to say that I'm doing everything to save the planet with my one reusable bag, but well, it, hey. it, may, it gives me some sense of helping. Think globally, act locally. Absolutely, and that's what it's all about. But the CVS guy like just put the shit in the plastic bag anyway. And, and I'm then like, he yeah. handed it to you. I, no, I'm like, yo, like I brought this so I don't do that. And then he just dumped it out into my bag and then threw the plastic bag away. I'm like, oh. Dude, that's like curb your enthusiasm. Absolutely. Oh, God, I love that show, man. Dude, I so I have yet to see a full episode. I just watched clips online. Oh, it's Like so random cringy, clips dude. of yeah, it. Yeah, I... It's hard to get through a whole episode. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. It's though. unbelievable. Like it is in my top three favorite shows, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. Larry David's a genius. Oh, he absolutely is. I uh, I haven't seen the new season yet, but 
I'm super stoked because I remember last summer I saw there was an article that Jeff Tweedy is in an episode of this oh, 10th shit. season. Yeah. And Wilco's like my favorite band. Nice. Love Jeff Tweedy. But uh, I heard one of my friends who watched the first episode said he's tired of people just coming up and talking to him because, you know, it's Larry David. Everyone wants to talk to Larry David. And uh, he's, <laughs> he said he, like, gets a MAGA hat or something. So no one talks to him in Los Angeles. So no one will talk to him I feel LA. like he's the only person who could, A, come up with that and, B, pull that off. Exactly, yeah. Because, you know, so many – I mean, with the sensitive climate of comedy nowadays, yeah. you know, like, there's not – like. A lot of people can't do a lot of things, but Larry David, I think, is earned his. He's a lovable, Jewy guy. You yeah. Know? Like, not. I mean, I hope that's not taken out of context. Fuck I him mean, if anybody I takes mean, it out of context. <laughs> I mean, I, he is my hero, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean that in only the best way. He's a neurotic guy that can pull off a lot of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. because that's just who he is. He's just Larry David. And, like, at this point, he is just Larry David. Yeah. yeah. Are you a big comedy fan? Yeah. I would say so, yeah. Who do you like comedy wise? Comedy wise, I and mean, I love John Mulaney. I love uh, Anthony Jeselnik. I think he's a hysterical Dude, dark comedian. Jeselnik yeah. is very funny. Yeah, very. He's dark. <laughs> insanely dark and good. But uh, Dave Chappelle, I love. He's oh, great. Oh, yeah. dude, I loved his uh, his special. Oh, uh, the he, sticks and stones. Yeah, dude, so good, man. Yeah. Well, it's like everybody started. All the critics started shitting on him, and oh yeah, that was the would, whole point. He knew that exactly, was going to happen. Yeah, that's why he named the fucking special sticks, sticks and, and stones. stones. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna push some buttons on this one, you yeah. know. But I, I don't think he's. Ever, I think everything he says is out. Like it's just comedy, you know. Yeah. Like he and when he says these outlandish, ridiculous things, he himself like walks away and laughs at it, like yeah. because he's obviously kidding. Yeah. Another who I really love that I'm sure you dig as well if you're in the podcasting, but I love Marin, man. Like, oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's great, man. He's a uh, he's fantastic. I would say he's the best at interviewing musicians. Oh, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's he. I've listened to thousands of episodes of him. Like, I, well, not thousands, but hundreds yeah. for sure. Like, I, he has kept me company on so many road trips. I listened to one he did with Slash, and it was yeah. so funny because, like, can you do you does anybody even know what Slash's voice sounds like? No, no. He's when silent. does he talk? Exactly. Yeah, He's he does an in incredible interview. Yeah, he does an incredible interview with Slash. I love that one. I love the Alice Cooper one. Have you heard that one? I haven't heard that one. Oh man, yeah that. I think that's the one that really got me hooked on his show. I'm like, damn, this is like the coolest interview I've ever heard. Yeah, he was in Nashville fairly recently, I think within the past six months or yeah, so. Yeah, it was in October, I think. I At pack. Yeah, there was a lot of things going on in like a two-week span that I just was so broke for, but just really wanted to go. Like, I think within two weeks... He was at the T-Pack, uh, Wilco was at Opry House, and Elvis Costello was at the Ryman. It's like, Dude, Elvis Costello is great. You went? No, I know. Uh, I wish yeah. I did. <laughs> but yeah, um, there's always something going on here, dude. Exactly. Like you have to yeah. pick and choose because really the summer goes from like March until October. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, you gotta. It, you can't make everything happen. You realize, you know, you got to pick the ones that are going to matter, you know, the yeah. ones that... Like, say, Wilco, like, uh, they're going to be torn for a long time, I would say. Like, and I've seen them before, you know, got to pick and choose your battles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've never gotten into to Wilco just because I've never really listened to them. Yeah. What draws you to them? Man, I will say 
some people in high school tried to show me them, and that at that point I still wasn't like a, a great music listener, I would say. And I didn't get it. Like, I bought uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which everyone is like, this is their big thing. And uh, I just didn't get into it at all. And I, I don't know what happened. I think it was my sophomore year where I really just, like, wo- my sophomore year of college where I just woke up to Wilco. And uh, I think it's Tweety's voice. I think it's his insane lyrics. I think everyone in that band is incredible at what they do. Like, they... Have, they had a rotating lineup kind of up until 2007, and it's been the same since 2007. And Nels Klein is just a magician as a guitar player, and like all of his tones are incredible to me. And just really Tweety, his lyrics and voice and knack for crafting a song, it just seems so effortless. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the word, effortless. <laughs> Uh, they're from Austin, Chicago, Chicago, okay. Chicago. I knew it was yeah. a cool city. Yeah. A definite cool city. You got to. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been to Chicago. I've driven really? through it, but I've never spent any time there. So I went three times in three years. Cause one of my best friends from back home, he went to Columbia college of Chicago. So like every September, or October for like three years, I went up to visit him and it was a good time. Uh, I went to riot fest there. In 2015 or 20, was that when the Misfits played? Yeah, that was the one. Oh, oh it was shit. so good. Did you see them? Oh, of course I Dude, saw. Dude, they were dancing. Leg- it was un. I, I got to that stage in particular like not early enough because I I saw Death Grips beforehand, but I still got there like an hour before they were starting, and still the. It was just so packed. Like everyone and their brother was there. Like anyone who had gotten a ticket to Riot Fest was already there and waiting. I was so far from the stage, but still, like it was mind blowing. <laughs> they were crazy. I bet it was just ferocious. Oh, absolutely ferocious. It 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 tugged on my soul. <laughs> Yeah, I got super into um, the Misfits when I was in high school. They were the, like the first punk band that I loved, yeah. like, really loved. Yeah, I, the for me, like starting off, I really loved punk music a lot. Yeah, and they were the first one. I always liked the Ramones, and I thought they were good. Yeah, but for me, it was just the Misfits. It was something about them. I think it's, it's extra voice. added intensity. You know, yeah. like I would agree. Yeah, it's it's more. It's also that horror gothic element that they bring to. All of their performances, you know, I think it's a total different kind of punk than the Ramones. You know, the yeah. Ramones are just sort of like singing about New girls York and cool shit. punk. Yeah. You know, yeah, like singing about girls and shit. Yeah, and Danzig's up there getting sort of brutal on you yeah. with his punk, singing about like, wolf's blood. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I it there was something about it that just drew me in, which I'd never been really, I always liked Halloween and shit, yeah. you know, like, like the holiday and yeah. the song. And the song is great. Um, but their whole thing is just, it's all that, it's all yeah. that horror goth punk shit. And yeah. there was just something about it. You know, I was from like a super small town in Maine yeah. and it just seemed so far away and kind of like fantastical yeah. yet small, like this world that they created and they really only exist in their prime years for four or five yeah. years. Yeah, it was like a blink of an eye. Yeah, know? yeah. But their legacy is just so insane that I guarantee you, like, so many Riot Fest tickets were sold on the sole fact that it was like first time they've reunited 
in how many years? Yeah. Like 30, probably. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long ass time. Yeah. Um, I just also really love their melodies because his, his voice is not a typical punk singer's voice. No, yeah. He's almost like a... Like an opera singer or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he's got, like, sort of Elvis Roy Orbison vibes to me, you know? Like Definitely. Like, that deeper, like, operatic element to it. There's a conspiracy theory that he's actually, um, Glenn Danzig is is the long-lost son of Jim Morrison. Really? Yeah. I like that theory. Yeah, I like Let's that theory, too. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's <laughs> official. It's official. Absolutely. Endorsed by the Poptimus and Wild Squash. 100%. <laughs> Um, so where can people find your social media? Where can they find you? How can they see your music? How can they see all that stuff? Oh, I got it all, baby. So, uh, well, I don't have it all. It's mainly on Instagram is my form of social media, which is wild squash, baby, which is, you know, wild squash, baby. That's how I say it. You know? Yeah. The yeah. Nashville business card, it's, Instagram. Absolutely. It's not the band name and project name. is not wild squash, baby. It's just wild squash. I actually was billed on a <laughs> bill as wild squash baby because of the instagram handle once but whatever oh i, I was just roll with it. it yeah but yeah uh that's the instagram handle facebook page under development uh spotify apple music all under wild squash i got two songs out right now for my personal project wild squash which uh songs are crazy's better than lonely which, uh, as I've grown older and wiser, I realize that sentiment is not exactly true, but I do love the song. It's a bitchin' song. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I also have a Christmas song out. Uh, I, I see that y'all are not too shy on shying away from the holidays after Chicago. No, yeah, you know? we, we haven't put we away any Christmas of our Christmas decorations the yet. The, they're still it. up. No, it, it adds such an air of hominess to this yeah. house. Like, I really feel very in my element doing this yes, interview. Yes, we're, yeah. we're in the, the holiday spirit. Yeah, but uh, Two Let's... Stone for Christmas is that Christmas song. Okay, very It was nice. a split with uh, my buddy Chase and Shu. He did Too Drunk for Christmas. I did Two Stone for Christmas. Nice. It was a lot of fun, yeah, and... Uh, I got songs coming. I've got three that are recorded and just uh, waiting on seeing how I want to put them out. And uh, got a lot more ready to record. And got a lot recorded with Case Wooten and a lot of gigs with Shoe coming up. So Straight up hustling, dude. Straight up hustling, baby. Millhouse, let's do the news. All right. Ooh, Millhouse. Best and worst of the yeah. 2020 Grammy uh, Did you hear about Billie Eilish? I did, yes. She cleaned she up. Won, she cleaned house. Yeah, she got like five. Yeah, she, uh, Aerosmith and DMC made a glorious mess and the show face the challenge of having to respond to Kobe Ryan's death because it happened on the same day. Oh, yeah, and it was at the Staples Center, too, mm-hmm. which is where he played. Yeah, I, knew, I heard there was like that Alicia Keys Boys to Men tribute. So... I had a gig at Betty's that day, and I didn't get to watch any of it. Sadly, it was on, but with no sound. And I will tell you, it was really fun to watch Aerosmith with no sound. (laughs) Every time the Grammys happens, I feel like something in my head's just like, "Oh, it's tomorrow," and then it was actually that day. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday award shows are strange. Yeah, I never, I never tune in. I always watch clips from it. Yeah, same. I've been trying to find the Aerosmith video because I really do want to see it. I heard they ate shit, dude. Really? Yeah, which is kind of funny because that whole thing. Did you hear about that thing with Joey their, Kramer, with Joey the drummer, Kramer, dude? The drummer. Yeah, 
They told him that he had to was fucking what, audition, I bro. Know, dude. That's cold blooded. I dude. know. That's so fucked up. I was talking to my dad about this on the phone today because he was asking if I had seen it. No, no. Uh, my dad. I actually Aerosmith is the first rock and roll band I ever got into. Fun fact. Uh, really? Yeah. My dad, when I was in fifth grade, on a cassette player, he had a cassette player in his car. He had an Aerosmith greatest hits, and I just remember we only listened to like the first four songs, like on repeat. We listened to uh, "Sweet Emotion," "Walk This Way," and "Dream On." I think maybe just those three on repeat forever. And then sixth grade, we got more into them. But uh, yeah, there's some definite Aerosmith bangers. Yeah, dude. I um I saw Steven Tyler at a movie theater in Green Hills. Once. Really? It was the opening night. Of the first Deadpool movie. So it was not long okay. after I moved to Nashville. Yeah. It was in the same year. And I was there with a friend. And we were going to see Deadpool. Because we were hyped for that. And while we were there. I just see this uh, this old woman walk in. <laughs> that looks like she had too much plastic surgery. And then I, it clicked in my brain. I was like, oh shit, that's Steven Tyler. That's, he's Yeah, he was around recording his amazing country album <laughs> I, I i've only heard the single and i know it's called red white and you so that's oh, all i really need to know about yeah, steven tyler's gross. country I remember he, used to, he used to go in the guitar center over there at 100 oaks yeah he used to play the drum sets really loudly <laughs> off them i've heard he's a pretty nice guy i will yeah. say i just slam Really? She I thought that's what she's like famous for. Oh, Lizzo's famous for like her. I know she. I I know like she's got the bops, you know, like. Yeah. But that's like her musical but, background. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I heard like. I yeah, I heard she like kind of. I didn't know she was musically trained. She, yeah, she whips out a. Flute was she good? Yeah, Guys, y'all need to buff up on your Lizzo knowledge. Yeah. Like, y'all don't know this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Um, what do you think of Billie Eilish? Man, I like, love. What do you think of her winning? I. Love Billie Eilish. I really do. I actually, the night of the Grammys, I was playing that show at Betty's and I covered uh, When the Party's Over. Really? Yeah. I I started integrating that into my set. Sometimes I've done it. uh, I just do it solo on an electric guitar and I was sort of inspired by the idea from when I saw Car Seat Headrest, Will Toledo solo covered the Frank Ocean song Ivy. And that was... Oh, it was insane, and uh, his interpretation of it. I also, by the way, Blonde was the best album of the 2010s. Just throwing that out there. That's my opinion. But uh, yeah, I was sort of inspired by his take, like this gritty, yelly guitar rock take on a soft pop song. And so I took the Billie Eilish when the party's over, and I sort of did that with it. And uh, yeah, I... I think she's great, man. I think her brother is a hell of a talented producer and definitely steered her in a proper direction. Yeah, I, I think she's very interesting. Um, I remember I the first thing I heard from her, probably like a lot of people, was, was Bad Guy. I yeah. just heard it on the radio because it was everywhere. Oh, it's so big. And it doesn't sound like any other pop song on the radio. No. The production is completely different from all the other pop music yeah, out there. exactly. And uh, yeah, I think it definitely signifies a, a shift in part pop music like it's so much darker like it's like those whisper vocals you mm-hmm. know like it's super interesting and i i think she's got a cool thing and i i we were talking about comedy i'm a huge snl nerd i watch every episode of snl like the sunday after it comes out 
and uh, she performed, and she did Bad Guy on that, like, rotating stage thing. Did you see oh, that? Oh, shit. No, I didn't see oh, that. Oh, it's crazy. They did some wild gravity stuff. Like, she basically, like, goes around this square, like, like a hamster. <laughs> like a hamster wheel. But uh, she s- sticks on the walls. She's up here. I, they just, like, had the thing she was in rotating and shot it weird. But it was very cool. <laughs> Like, she's very talented. She's also interesting, too, because they're not really selling her in, like... Or she's making sure, at least herself, that she's not sold in a very sexual way. Exactly, yeah. She's wearing all these baggy clothes, you know, like, always long sleeve, you know, Mm -hmm. like, never anything... Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, she's never... I've never seen her in any revealing clothing. No. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but yeah. I just think it's interesting because that's also like a very deliberate move. That's 180 from yeah. what every other 100%. pop star, female yeah. pop star who's out. Yeah, that's a really good point. She's yeah. really like... I mean, almost, she also just turned 18, but I mean, when has America ever not been wrong with that? You yeah. know? <laughs> She's kind of like an anti-hero, but I really yeah. dig her. I think Vampire Weekend also won Best Alternative Album. I super agree with that, and I love that, and... uh I loved that album, and I I I'm somewhat of a deadhead, I would say, and I think they definitely had a lot they took of a Grateful from Dead, it, yeah. And I really wish I could have gone to see that show because I know they like have ten people playing in the live band now, and like, two drummers, insane, yeah, two Were you keyboard there? players. I didn't get to see yeah. them, but I'm trying to go to Bonnaroo this year. Yeah, it's a good lineup. It is a pretty good lineup. Dude, I'm excited for Tame Impala as well. Dude, I saw them at Shaky Knees a couple years ago in 2015. They were the closing Sunday night headliner, and that was sick. That was before Currents even came out, too, and, like, they were really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next story? Yeah, okay. so this, the day of, like, Questions emerge about why Kobe Bryant's helicopter uh, was flying in very scary conditions. So apparently that day, like I've read this article like twice now, um, like the fog was just insane. And uh, they actually have the recording of like, here's a picture of the plane. I don't know if you looked at it. Damn. A helicopter? helicopter. (laughs) My bad. And um, like he just kept getting lower and lower. Damn. Um, they really don't know what happened other than the yeah. weather, but, um, they have, you can listen to it online, but, uh, the recording of the last, uh, response from that helicopter before it crashed. What did it say? Um, I might be able to find the transcript right here. Yeah, here we go. Um, basically the pilot didn't respond all the time they were talking to him, even before Damn. the crash. Really? That's super odd. Yeah, it's it's. They kept uh, asking him, telling him he's still too uh, low, asking him what his intentions are, and it's kept flying lower and lower. But seven people died. It's so sad, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Kobe and his daughter. Yeah, Yeah, but there were seven other people on there. Yeah. Super heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. man. I, I couldn't believe it when I read the news. I was very shocked by it. It, just it so, seemed like so out of news. Every, everyone says, yeah, who's thinking that, you know? I was driving today, and I was um, down by, like, Smyrna, and when I was on the highway, they had a billboard up for Kobe Bryant, like a tribute Damn. to him already, and it's just like, holy shit. Like, he was just wow. this 
Larger than life cultural icon. Larger than life. Like, I mean, think, think about the time, amount of times you've shot a crumpled up paper into a trash and yelled Kobe. Yeah. And like, larger than life for sure. And I, I played basketball growing up, like, until I was probably in fifth grade and never super into it. But I definitely, like, remember collecting cards and having a bunch of old Kobe Bryant cards. Yeah. You know, like, from his still number eight number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, R.I.P. Kobe. R.I.P. Sad indeed. to see you Yeah, go. and to all the others. Like, yeah, that's to all the other sad. people that Also, away. side note, I don't, I can't rem. I think this is true. I, I'm not certain. Uh, Hannibal Burris, who is another comedian I love, he had a he's bit. Funny. Like, yeah. He's so good. He had a bit talking about people in his age range that he thought like he was wondering if he would outlive them or they would outlive him and i think he mentions kobe bryant as being someone he thought would outlive dark dude yeah crazy and uh, he said he hopes that will smith dies before him so that he can watch that fresh prince marathon (laughs) (laughs) he's also uh Hannibal is responsible for like blowing I'll open the whole Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby I know. thing. I love that. Yeah, you. I remember even hearing like news stories of that from when I was a kid. Yeah, and it was just like random things on the news every now and then. It's like Bill Cosby's settling out of court for something. Yeah, and that that's fucking dark too. That's super fucking dark. Yeah, I. But this is also a while ago. I just think like I think it was like a 2012 stand up when he made that joke about Kobe. Like, yeah, I, I think it's wild that. Yeah. Turn of events happen, you know. Yeah. Third story. Okay, so this one's a little different. Uh, Florida man arrested for stealing drills, uh, batteries, the batteries off of them, to pay for his ankle monitor fee. Ankle monitor fee. Yeah, so like. He already got arrested. What did he get yeah. arrested for? Um, he'll face additional charges after being arrested for stealing tools, cigarettes, batteries, and other sundry objects to pay for ankle monitor fees. During a previous arrest, oh wait, no, it does. Aggravated assault oh. in Palatka, Florida. So still in Florida. Palatka, Florida. He was sentenced to wear an ankle monitor so the authorities could keep track of his movements. Then Parker, unable to keep up with the monitor's monthly fees, turned to petty crime. Wow. He sold. He burglarized a local store for three thousand dollars worth of cigarettes. Whoa, that's a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> that, that reminds me of that Trailer Park Boys episode. Do you ever see that Trailer Park Boys when they um, they smuggled cigarettes across the border for Sebastian Bach? No, no. For so, Sebastian Bach. For Sebastian Bach. They, they <laughs> got all these cigarettes and were basically, it was like, I don't know, something like $100,000 worth of cigarettes or something like that. And they were, because they're able to get them for cheaper in America or sell them for more or something like that. They actually smuggled it over the, the main border. The, the main yeah. Canadian border. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> so he was wild. batteries off the back of work trucks, which is funny because I was at the basement east working and we were sitting up the barricade there and a man walked in and he said, you guys know you left uh, your drills on the back of your truck. Somebody could just easily steal them and then walked away. Did, <laughs> damn. He's probably, he was probably thinking about stealing them. Yeah. We went out and yeah. Immediately, yeah. It's probably not the same guy. It's hard to get no, from it's, it's Florida to Nashville with an ankle bracelet. Yeah. How do they expect him to pay a monthly crime if he's not? Exactly, if he can't work. 
He sounds like a victim more than anything. Exactly, dude. dude. Maybe not the <laughs> aggravated assault. <laughs> He's an anti-hero. He's, He's an, an anti-hero. Definitely yeah. an anti-hero. Did y'all ever see a Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, dude. Classic movie. movie, dude. Yeah, love that one. A serial killer living next door. Yeah, dude. Rear window, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Well, thanks for coming on. Dude, thank you so much for having me. Of I appreciate course. the the kindness bestowed upon you to me. Of course. Yeah. <laughs>